You're listening to a Sun Life podcast. We pray that you be blessed by the teaching of God's word. For more information, visit sunlife.org.au. Enjoy the sermon. And they're straight on getting the stools on stage. See, working straight away. Uh, it gives me great joy uh, to uh, get our elder Simon to come forward and begin to talk about mission because this is Mission Sunday. Give Simon a round of applause. <clears throat> Morning, everyone. Can I, how many uh, people are who come from a uh, Roman Catholic background? Can I ask how many people are come from a, a couple of people? A couple of people. Okay, all right. Okay, for those of us who put your hand, I'm going to test you now. What day on the Roman Catholic calendar, what day is today? <laughs> it's a tough one, okay? I know it's a bit weird question, but uh, it's, actually, it's actually World Missions Day. World Missions Day. And that's a day when all uh, Catholic churches, literally, you call up any Catholic church, and they will be focusing on missions today. Uh, they will be uh, focusing on how, how they would pray and support for missionaries uh, that they're sending out or other, other missionaries. Now, we're going to do the same, and it's not just the Catholics who will be you know, doing that kind of thing. I mean, it'll be other, other, other churches as well. Um, but uh, we, we're going to do that today as well. We're going to, today is a Mission Sunday. Um, we're, we're, going to find a, um, we're going to just share with you a little bit about um, the missionaries that uh, we are associated with at Sun Life Church and how we can get behind them and support them. We're also going to talk about how, uh, why missions is significant here at Sun Life Church, why we believe that is one of the most important things. So um, before we go any further, let me, let me, let's commit this time to the Lord and, and let's pray and ask God to, to help us, help us uh, have that, um, you know, hear from Him this morning. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks for uh, this morning. Thank you, Lord, for this amazing opportunity that we can partner with you to fulfill the Great Commission. Father God, we know that this is what you've called us to, but Lord, we want to know how, how we can do that how best we can help uh, partner with those who are actually out there uh, in the front lines. So Lord, I pray that you will guide us and be with us even as we um, uh, talk about our uh, missions here at Sun Life. In the name of Jesus, amen. Right, so usually um, it, will, it will take a whole sermon or a couple of sermons to uh, talk about why, um, we, you know, why missions is important. But I've got uh, like uh, two or three minutes to talk about that. So I'll, I'll, give, you, I'll give you four points as to... Uh, uh, hopefully I can persuade you that the Bible tells us that missions is, is vital, it's integral uh, to our faith. Now, when we talk about missions, we're not just talking about, you know, you might ask, you might say, you know, why, why not just focus on our church and, you know, the missions, you know, evangelism to the people around us. Yes, that, that is part of missions, but uh, God wants us to go beyond that. You know, and I think that biblically, we are called to support uh, missionaries who are going out outside the four walls of this church, uh, even overseas and beyond. So um, let, me, let me just uh, share a few points as to why uh, missions is important. You can see the screen. Um, number one, it's God's sovereign purpose. God's sovereign purpose. Matthew chapter 24, verse 14, it says, that the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. In other words, the whole of human history revolves around Christ and the gospel, you know, that, that the gospel will be preached to all nations. That's why, you know, and we get, to, we get a chance to partner with God in this. How amazing is that as part of the Great Commission? Number two, we, there's a need for missionaries, right? It's pretty obvious that people need to hear the gospel. 
in uh, Romans 10 verse 14, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? How can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Amen. So we need, people need to be sent to the places where the gospel has not been heard so that people can know about Jesus. Okay, that's pretty, pretty obvious, right? Um, but then there are a lot of places around the world uh, where the gospel, there's, there's no uh, you know, presence of, of church or of the gospel. Um, and there's another uh, reason why there's a, there's a great need for missionaries. In Matthew chapter uh, 9, verse 37, 38, it says, Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. In other words, there's a lot of people out there waiting, waiting to hear the gospel, waiting to receive Jesus, but there's just not enough people, not enough people out there uh, to share the gospel. So, you know, why we... we why we're here to support mission, missionaries is that hopefully and prayerfully we want to see more people out there uh, sharing the gospel. And, of, and those who are out there already, we hope that they'll continue. We better make sure that they feel supported so they can continue to share the gospel. Thirdly, missionaries, they need our support. Now Paul, if you look at Paul's writings, he's always asking people to pray for him. He's always asking you know, and he's trying to, um, uh, even with financial support, even though he says he's not in need, he, he's encouraging people to give. In, um, in Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 1 to 2, we read, As for other matters, brothers and sisters, pray for us that the message of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honoured, just as it is with you. And pray that we may be delivered from wicked and evil people, for not everyone has faith. In other words, there are challenges. There are challenges, obstacles out there on the mission field that, that uh, missionaries face, and they need our prayers. You know, and even the Apostle Paul, the great, one of the greatest missionaries of all time, he, he's constantly asking for prayer. It would be very, very sad if, if it comes to a point where you know, a missionary has to, has to give up because they feel, oh, gee, I don't know if anyone's really praying for me or really supporting me, so I want to give up. Well, hopefully that doesn't happen with any of the missionaries that, we, that are associated with us here at Sun Life Church. Finally, Finally, we are blessed. You know, we are blessed if we support our missions, our missionaries. We are blessed when we are involved, when we partner with God uh, to be involved in uh, furthering the Great Commission. In Philippians chapter four, uh, chapter 4, verse 17 to 19, Not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is that more be credited to your account. I received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied now that I have received from uh, Epaphrodites the gifts you sent, they are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. So in this context, you know, Paul wasn't uh, really talking about himself. He wasn't in need uh, of finances, although certainly there were situations where he was. But he was more uh, just encouraging the Philippians that, you know, they'll be blessed when, when they're giving. Now, God will bless them, and uh, you, you, you yourself will not be lacking if you are giving to the, the cause of God's kingdom. Right? So um, hopefully that's, that's an encouragement uh, for, for all of us here uh, to support and get behind our, our missionaries. Now at this point, uh, you may wonder, what is Sun Life Church doing at the moment for our missionaries? 
uh, who are they? And I have a feeling that some of us don't even know who, who, who we're actually supporting. So uh, today we will introduce you, uh, if you have, uh, have not uh, known about them in, in, in the past, uh, Juan and Quan, two of our uh, missionaries from Vietnam. Uh, Juan is a, um, a pastor of a, a small house church, and he has a real passion for uh, evangelism. Pastor Bin has visited him a, a few times, together with uh, Quan, our other missionary. Quan, he, he is essentially the head of um, uh, the Vietnamese, Vietnam Campus Crusade for Christ, right? So that's like a university student ministry uh, that, that governs, you know, all the, all, you know, governs a ministry that pervades the whole of uh, Vietnam. Uh, he goes around and visits uh, university campuses throughout Vietnam. So instead of me talking on, uh, going on about them, uh, I'd like you to hear from them themselves. I've asked a few questions, asked them a few questions as to know, you know, what are the, what, what, what is, what are they, what kind of ministry are they involved in? What are they doing? And what, and what are some of the challenges that they're facing at the moment? So uh, please uh, turn your eyes to the screen and uh, let's hear from Juan and then Quan. Also bear in mind that they, they, English is not their first language, so just, just, just bear that in mind and, and, and just try to tune in a little bit. Uh, say hello to uh, Buster Bin and all members of uh, Sunlight Church. My name is Huang. I was born in uh, the center of Vietnam. I uh, grew up and believed Jesus in the south of Vietnam. Uh, and after that, I am called this to serve God in uh, uh, Hanoi capital in the north of Vietnam. With persistence, uh, eventually, uh, at 14 years ago, now, uh, you know, I am uh, eventually at there and uh, master of the small independent houses in Hanoi. Mm, my nature of uh, evangelism is uh, evangelism and discipleship. Uh, we try to share Jesus for people and after they believe Jesus Christ, we try to make disciple them to be uh, Jesus' uh, disciple. And when COVID come, uh, we, come, we could not easy and free to uh, go and uh, meet some people directly to say Jesus for them. And our church could not meet to worship together. When I think about uh, some fruits, of our ministry, I think um, the last year we have an opportunity to share Jesus for 500 people. And um, I uh, still remember uh, two years ago when I shared Jesus for one student in uh, one um, university in Hanoi. His name is Tu. And after that, he uh, believed Jesus. And then his uh, parents persecuted him, and his uh, parents connect with the police and military and throw him go to the military areas. Their purpose to stop his faith. But you know, um, 
this wonderful time God used him to share Jesus for uh, all teammate and his leader on the military areas and now uh, we have been building the new church in uh, Hanam city Hanam city is a uh, have not just at there before Hanam city is near Hanoi city so um <clears throat> Um, how can I praise for me? Uh, yeah, uh, maybe praise for me about uh, have a to pure heart, and uh, my life uh, is the uh, near we've got more than before, and I have a light, uh, you know, um, to fear of God, available to share Jesus for any people anywhere, and praise for our kid education. Thank you for listening, watching. Thank you for uh, your heart, your prayer, your support. And God bless you. Bye-bye. Hello, Sunlight Dear own brother and sister in Sunlight Church who have faithful in prayer and support us all the this year. As you know, my name is Quang Hoàng. And my name is Hương Ngô. Uh, both of us. When we were a college student, we joined with a small group of Campbell Christopher Christ. And uh, since then, God put the heart and the spirit to bring the gospel to the Vietnamese student. In uh, 2005, after graduating from University University of uh, Medicine and Pharmacy, my wife graduated from the Musical Education College. We uh, dedicated ourselves to serving God as a full-time labor and became a full-time staff of Campbell Crusade for Christ. Uh, as you know, Vietnam is a developing country with a young population uh, structure. The age between 18 to 35 is 40% of population. And I do believe that this age group that will be the leader and influence people in the future. Therefore, we decide to invest our life and our youth to reach the young men and women for God. Because we believe that when the students today win the world tomorrow. Our goal is 2.2 million Vietnamese students as more than 400 universities have the opportunity to hear the gospel at least one time during their student life. Our daily job is connect with the non-believer students, share gospel to them, follow up them and discipleship them, and help them in the difficulty in their life. Thank God for the past 15 years. God given us the opportunity to bring the gospel over 30,000 students. And we also have the opportunity to see the thousands of lives, young people who transform us by the power of gospel. From the side person to the Congress and confidently person. From the alcohol and video game addicted turned into the dark side student and led a lot of people to God. From being, being a gay student, for 19 years to be completed by gospel from the Fortuna Taylor student to the church leader after she graduated. We thank God for the generations of students were inspired, were motivated, and were trained by our ministry. In the last five months, we have been in the peace of a COVID uh, pandemic in Vietnam. Our city was locked down nearly four months, and during that time, we 
fail a little bit of uh, difficult because we could not go to the school. We could not meet with the student and didn't have an uh, effective way to connect with the student. And uh, during the hardship, God gave us a way to make a connection with the non-believer student. Firstly, by sending the food box to the student who were under lockdown. And inside the food box, there are some foods and there are handwritten letters from our students and our staff to encourage the student to be stronger and overcome the pandemic. When the student uh, received the food box and the letter, the student were touched and opened their hearts to hear the gospel uh, when we connect with them later. Thank God, in the past two months, there were nearly 1,000 football were sent to the student. And the second strategy helped us to build a more connection and build more relationship with the student during the day of the social distance. We invite them to join with our English club. <coughs> and this English club were guided and taught by our friends from around the world. And uh, through this English club, the student were study English and we also build a relationship with them and make a close friend with them. And then we share gospel to them. I would like to invite you, a member of Sunlight Church, and you can join with us at the English teacher in our English club. And we look forward to working with you in the future. As a wife, a mother, uh, and servant of the Lord, it has been privileged and challenging for me in all of these roles. But I thank Sunlight Church for praying for me, maintaining our family names while you are praying. Thank you for your supporting through prayer and finance. Finally, I am grateful to God for using you, Sunlight Church, to pray and support us for the past year. Your support makes us stronger and more confident in our ministry. And your support also opened the way for us to serve God and win more so of the sinner to God. All the achievements and the success we have certainly have the contribute of you. May God continue to you, you and me to bring the gospel to all the people in Vietnam and expand his kingdom on us. Amen. I hope you um, found that uh, insightful to see, um, you know, well, at least you, you know who they are, Juan and Juan. Um, it's sort of two, um, two opposite ends of the spectrum. We have one who, on a smaller, who ministers on a smaller scale. It's a small house church. You have one who is essentially the head of uh, uh, a huge uh, missionary uh, organization in um, Vietnam. Um, you know, I think it's, it's amazing that we have the opportunity to support them. Uh, we, hopefully, we, we've, we can get some uh, idea of the struggles that they face. You know, there's, there's persecution, as uh, Juan was talking about. And for Juan, um, there, there, are of, uh, there are a lot of, you know, he, he really does need uh, further help financially in order to do the things that he does. You know, he's, one of his prayer requests uh, is to have a van instead of a motorbike, you know, to, to, to go to each uh, university campus to uh, minister. So that, that, that's one, one of his prayer prayer requests, uh, and of course he has, you know, general uh, you know, prayer requests for his family as well. Um, they live in a very small place, small house, you know, a one-bedroom apartment with three kids. Um, you know, in a, in a developing country, we, doing missions in a developing country is not, a, not, a, not fun and games. Uh, he he, he was, used to be a medical doctor, uh, could have done much, much better, much, much better than, a, you know, a one-bedroom apartment, but that, that's what he has at the moment. Uh, so uh, we, we would like to support him uh, and, and help him, help him out as much as we can. Um, well, 
that's Juan and Juan. Um, there'll be, we'll give you opportunities to, to find ways to support them later. But now, let's, uh, let's, I'd like you to, well, introduce you, not so much introduce you, because you know them already, but uh, I'd like to invite uh, Micah, Kate, um, Dominic, and Marianne up on stage. Um, these people... <clears throat> you probably don't need any introduction, really, right? Because you see them all around, all around. They're so um, actively involved. Um, in youth ministry, young adults with uh, Dominic and uh, Connect Group Ministry with um, Marianne. Um, they've, they've spearheaded a, an amazing uh, church camp. I'm sure you, you appreciate that. It was just, just amazing. You know, Kate, Micah, Dominic, that was, that was just awesome. Um, and they're, they're just all, all around service leading, uh, and they're just so much a part of our church. Uh, but I wonder how many of us know what they do behind closed doors? You know, well, not if you know what I mean, like as in at, at, at YWAM, right? So, um, you know, what, what, what we know that we know that they, we know that, uh, I mean, we see them, we can sense this, their passion, their passion, so maybe I used the wrong expression there, but uh, you know, the, uh, you know, they we, we see them so passionately serving, serving every, every Sunday and at, at the youth and young adults ministries, um, connect group ministries. Um, they have a love for people, a love for, to see the gospel preached, you know, love for young people. Um, where does that come from, I wonder? You know, let, let it, I hope we can you know, get some, draw some insight, grab their, their anointing, you know, if, you know, let it rub off on us as, as we, we hear them share. So um, uh, can I ask, maybe starting with uh, Dominic, you got a mic, um, now what led you, led you to do missions? A young, young, handsome young man like yourself, you know, could have done so much, you could do so many other... You know, I don't know, get an amazing career in, I don't know, PR or management role. Why are you, why are you doing missions? Great, yeah. Uh, well, I grew up in a Christian family, and uh, growing up, I was in a very missional church back in Singapore, so I had a lot of exposure uh, to missions. Um, yeah, I went to a few different countries for mission work, and uh, also uh, was part of a musical that talked about a missionary's life, a martyr, uh, for the sake of the gospel, and that left a really a strong impact on me. Um, but I think along the way, just really... Um, yeah, I also wanted to make a life for myself, wanted to do well in school, get a job, earn money, uh, live comfortably. Uh, but when my parents moved over to Perth, I came over for a gap year and did a discipleship training school with Youth with a Mission. Uh, and when I was there, you know, got to learn about the number of people who really still haven't heard the gospel. That's about uh, 3.2 billion people who are unreached, you know, have no access to the gospel. And, you know, when I learned about that, um, I think God really won my heart uh, for the non-believers of the world and got called into missions. And, yeah, I just felt to give up my, my uh, plans to go to university and start full-time. Yeah. Awesome. That's amazing that you, you've made that sacrifice. That, that's just, that's mind-boggling for, for many of us here, you know, who would give up uh, university education to go doing missions in the interim. Um, Marianne, what, what, are the, what, what led you to into missions and why went? Yeah, uh, well, I, I didn't grow up in a Christian home uh, and there wasn't really a lot of context for missions, uh, but growing up I wanted to uh, join the army and I think I shared my story once before here, but um, about a month after giving my life to Jesus at the age of 17, I woke up with this strong impression that I wasn't going to join the army, it was a bit weird, so I talked to a spiritual advisor, my school chaplain, and she talked about missions um, and uh, just something resonated with me. And so I actually went on my very first short-term mission trip to a nation that I can't mention because of security uh, and did a two-week um, yeah, time of delivering tracks. And something in me just resonated, just like, man, I need to do this. But at the age of 17 and not really having context, I didn't know that I could do that full-time. So for a few years, I did that short-term 
got married, had kids, started doing more like Christian ministry within church. Uh, But in 2013, had the opportunity to go to the Philippines for another two-week short-term outreach. And it was in a quiet time that God was like, I want you to do this full-time. Are you ready? And I was like, dude, you're God. I'm ready. Uh, So I looked into what it would mean uh, as a single parent uh, to, to get involved in missions and came across YWAM. Uh, or Youth with Mission. So, yeah, I came to Perth in 2013. I knew that I was going to stay on board. And so, yeah, that's how I got called. Awesome. From from the army to missions. Amazing. What a, what a great, huge step from God's one army. place to God's <laughs> army now. Yeah, amen. Um, so, um, Kate, uh, Micah. Oh, Kate, first. Great, I'll uh-huh. jump in first. Yeah, what, what led you to missions? Uh, yeah, for me, uh, as a teenager, I remember reading um, a few different books about old-fashioned missionaries and it was something that I was really interested in. There was a lot of adventure involved and that really excited me Um, but it was something that in my mind I thought was outdated and a thing of the past Uh, until the week of my high school graduation um, we had this young lady come to my country, small country town and she was sharing at our church about her life in missions and uh, the way that God had led her and the different things she'd done. And uh, I just remember sitting up the back and hearing her stories thinking, oh, there's something about what she's sharing that uh, there's, there's things she's done that I want to be a part of that as well. Um, and f- through further conversation, I learned about youth with a mission and a discipleship training school and just decided to go for it. Awesome. Influence of other people, amen. Someone who's, who's you know, you're someone who's gone before us and it, it, it encourages us to, to follow the same path. Uh, Micah? Mm. Um, yeah, I think I'm very similar to Dom. I grew up in a Christian family and yeah, I think I vaguely remember when I was really young having like a dream to be a missionary. I remember mum reading me books about um, missionaries and then, yeah, during school I kind of ruled that idea out thinking it was, um, yeah, wasn't a reality. And then, yeah, back in 2018, I decided to do a discipleship training school with YWAM, which is like a six-month, um, yeah, discipleship school where you do missions and you learn a lot about God. And during that, um, during one of the week of lectures, our teacher was teaching on missions. And, yeah, I felt like God really spoke to me that week and he really gave me a heart for the lost. Um, and yeah, so I was just praying about what God wanted me to do about it and felt like he wanted me to come back and serve with YWAM um, to be a part of, yeah, reaching the lost. Amen. Thank you all for sharing. It's really encouraging to hear how you, through your, you know, your, your, where you were at in life, you were confronted with the call and, and you, you responded, you know, and, uh, and praise God, praise God you're here and you're, you're, you're doing some amazing work for God in, in, in uh, YWAM. Um, would, you, would you like to encourage, maybe you could encourage us by just sharing some of the highlights that you've encountered while you're uh, in, in your work in, in the uh, youth mission. Um, Dominic? Yeah. Um, yes, so for me, uh, every Wednesday my ministry goes out uh, to, we partner with another ministry on the base called Australia Relief and Mercy Services. And what this ministry does is uh, we send teams out into the city of Perth uh, to different parts um, to help families in crisis. Uh, a lot of the things that we do include cleaning and weeding, um, yeah, helping them out in practical ways. Often these families are just lower income families and in a tough spot. Uh, and so I remember just a couple of months ago, uh, my team and I uh, visited this lady who was a victim of domestic abuse. 
And that morning, I called her up saying, you know, hey, my name's Dom. Me and my team are coming down uh, to help you out. Is that okay? And, you know, she sounded uh, very anxious, very nervous. And she was, you know, just asking me, maybe she should cancel. You know, she's not sure if uh, she's okay with us coming. And, you know, I just kind of comforted her a little bit and said, you know, we'll come. We'll talk to you. If you don't feel comfortable, we can leave. And so we turn up at her door. Um, and she welcomes us in, but as she takes us into her house to kind of explain to us what she needs help with, you know, she's sweating and shaking, and she's just very nervous. And so we sit her down, we start talking to her, and we hear her story about um, the abuse that had been done to her in that house and how she was moving out of that house, and that's why she needed help to clean up. Uh, and yeah, she was just very nervous and in a place of great hopelessness. Um, we began to pray for her, and we shared with her about the love of Jesus. She had some Christian influence in her life in the past, but that was when she was very young and didn't know Jesus personally. Uh, and so we just prayed and encouraged her, you know. And before we left, uh, she gave one of the, the girls on my team a hug and said, you know, guys, I just really feel like uh, I'm, I'm walking in a good direction now. You know, I really feel like there's hope for my life. Um, a month later, we visit her again, and we began cleaning, uh, and she's doing a lot better now. And just before, after we finished cleaning up her house, we sat her down and we, you know, just chatted with her again. And she said, you know, guys, since you came last, I've been really encouraged and I've been praying more and I want to read my Bible more. And I've also connected with the church. I just want to say thank you uh, for the impact that you've, you've done in my life. And, you know, that's just one of the highlights that I've experienced in the last few months. And this ministry, uh, since the start of the year, we've visited about 120 homes uh, of people in crisis, bringing the light of Jesus in small ways. Amen. Amen. Yeah, look, um, I just, we were just chatting earlier, and there is a possibility for, for any of us to be, be involved in that kind of uh, ministry. Uh, we used to know, it used to be called YWAM House, House Helps. I remember we, we were involved ages ago. Uh, and what's it called now? The Australian Mercy? Australian Relief and Mercy Services. Relief and Mercy yeah, Services. Arms. Yeah, no, wonderful, wonderful ministry, and thank you for sharing. What a, what a great, you know, great testimony. Uh, Mary Ann, what's one of the highlights uh, in your time at missions in recent, recent times? Yeah, um, I think for me, like COVID has uh, definitely opened up doors for more creative ways to present training. Uh, and I did some training earlier this year with Dominic, and I really discovered my heart for mobilization of young people into missions. And I've been, had the privilege of being a part of an online training program this year. Uh, it's run three times already. Uh, we just started again this weekend. Um, and it basically, it's just an introduction to missions. Like, what is God's heart for missions? And um, there are people from all over the world. We could, the term we use is global south, so that's people from Africa, uh, people from Asia and um, Latin America. And so I've had the privilege of um, discipling uh, people in missions, basically. And I think the highlight for me was uh, the last course. Uh, got to see the Singaporean lady uh, come and join, not really knowing anything about missions um, and just seeing how God revealed his heart to her. And at her age, uh, she was a bit of the older bracket. She was 40, but she decided that she wanted to go into missions and decided to do a discipleship training school and is about to graduate. Um, and, yeah, just really cool how God would just use, um, yeah, unique situation around the world, uh, open up doors and provide opportunity to, yeah, keep discipling the nations. Amen. Thanks, Ariane, for sharing. Um, Kate, uh, highlights during your time at YWAM. Yeah, there's so many, uh, but to narrow it down, a recent one, uh, until a few weeks ago, I was working with a, a ministry that um, provides childbirth education and labor companionship to women uh, who are pregnant but dealing with crisis situations here in the city. And uh, I had the great, the great joy of uh, visiting a woman on a regular basis who uh, had a terminal illness and a newborn baby. 
And uh, while that was so full of, of grief and, and sorrow, um, it was really such a privilege to be able to enter in in that vulnerable space when uh, this, this woman, this family had very few people um, that would come and visit them, uh, that would come and spend time. And we were one of the few that they allowed into that space. Um, and through offering practical help and caring for baby and caring for mom, uh, we were able to... Um, yeah, share aspects of the gospel and personal testimonies as well. Um, and it was really such an incredible opportunity um, to be able to yeah, enter in uh, into such a, a tender space and to really represent God's heart um, that he doesn't run away, he doesn't shy away from grief, but he draws close. And in the midst of that, uh, he wants to bring hope. Uh, so really such a, a great gift to be able to, to be the hands and the feet and represent Jesus in that way. Amen. Yeah, that, that's amazing how you can just, yeah, have that opportunity to minister to someone who genuinely is in need, that, that group of, you know, young, young, young mums. Uh, Micah, any highlights um, in, in your, your time at YWAM? Yeah, so um, at the moment I'm working with a youth ministry with, uh, yeah, the goal of essentially just reaching the youth in Western Australia with the gospel. Um, and yeah, in memory last year, one of the camps that we run as a ministry, um, I remember this one guy, little boy, I think he was 12, his name was Joel, and he didn't know Jesus. And then I remember throughout the week, through the teachings, we could, I sat down and chatted with him um, a few times, and I could tell he was really wrestling with this idea of Jesus and what it meant for his life. And by the last day, um, during one of the wor worship sessions, he was crying and smiling at the same time. And uh, so, yeah, I asked what was up, and he's like, yeah, I opened the door to Jesus. And um, he just, I'd, I'd asked earlier, hey, do you want to like accept Jesus? And he's like, oh, I think, um, I think so, but I just, wanted, I just want to do it by myself. And then in that time of worship, he did that. And it was so visible and obvious to see. And he's come to other camps and he's been emailing us ready for the next camps and he's so pumped for Jesus. Um, but yeah, that was a cool story. And we've also seen more softness in the public high schools that we've been able to work at and, um, yeah, seeing people giving their lives to the Lord in public high schools, which has been amazing. That's just awesome, Michael. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I know there's, in, in interest of time, can I just ask each of you in one sentence, what, what is a prayer request that uh, we can, how we can pray for you before I invite Pastor Bin up to, to pray for you all? Yes, uh, for me, I'm just really trusting for more opportunities to evangelize the young people of Perth. So please pray for that, for softness of hearts as we go out uh, every Friday or through the week to do evangelism. Yeah, next year presents an opportunity to do more outreach for me personally, uh, which means a greater level of uh, faith for finances. So finances, yeah. And for me, on a personal note, uh, it's been a while since Micah and I have been able to see our family, uh, and that's that's just been really weighing heavily on me. My sister's due to have a baby today, um, so there's, yeah, great joy and grief in that, uh, but I'd love prayer, just being apart from them and to, to carry on. Yeah, I think uh, mine's similar to Dom's, just our, our job is to share the gospel, so just boldness in that, um, yeah. Great. Yep. Uh, Pastor Ben, can I ask, uh, invite you to, to pray for us? Can, can we just uh, pray for these beautiful people here? And, and can I also encourage you to remember them um, in your daily prayer as well? And you know a bit about that story now. And um, yeah, if you see them after service, just tell them how much you love them and just you know, get to know them. Uh, amazing people in our church who are serving uh, 
um, in the various ministry. I, I, I don't, you know, just look quickly say these these ladies. I mean, this couple here, amazing young people with a passion for our youth. So that's how amazing leaders looking after our youth. Marianne runs a small group ministry. I love the fact you do your one-on-ones with the ladies in your group. I love that. And and Dom just. Uh, uh, you know, looking after young adults with this great team. You know, we love, I love you guys a lot. I'm so blessed to be your pastor and I champion with you guys. Should we pray?